How's that? All right. It came unscrewed and I can't see without my glasses. So uh, a little difficult time there. My name is Greg Langley and you may know me as Kim's husband. Some of you know me as Piper's dad. Um, I'm also a baby whisperer, but I'm excited to have the privilege and opportunity to share with you from God's word this morning. Um, Kim and I have been in ministry for a long time, and I've worked with a lot of different families. I've worked with families in Niagara Falls, Ontario. I've worked with families in Chicago, in La Vieta, the Hispanic neighborhood, on the west side of Chicago, um, which is African-American. We've worked with families in northwest Tennessee, in Bay City, and now it's a privilege to be here in Midland Free. And when I think about all the families that I've worked with or been involved with, and even here, often you can uh, characterize families by the things that they do and the things that they love. I know families where everything seems to revolve around football, or families where everything revolves around going up north to the cabin in the summertime. Or maybe it revolves around dance. Or maybe it revolves around work. But this morning I want to talk to you about the gospel-centered family. And what it means for children, for for parents, and for the entire church to come together and to be focused on the gospel. And having gospel-centered families. So would you bow your heads? I'd like to pray before we begin. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for these children who have led us in worship, for the joy on their faces. God, I thank you for the volunteers who spend so much time faithfully serving and teaching our children. God, I pray that you'd be glorified in all that is done in the children's ministries of this church. And God, I pray that as we open your word, you would open our hearts, that you would make us teachable, that we would not leave here forgetting what we have learned, but we would apply it to our lives. And I pray that you'd receive the glory for it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Ephesians chapter 6 or click through on your phone and and go to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'd like to look at at these first four verses as we talk about being a gospel-centered family and what it means for children for family, and for the church. Verses 1 to 2, it says this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And I wonder right now if any of the teenagers are getting a text from their parents saying, pay attention, listen to what he's saying. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a background to this, because much of this is is quoted from the Ten Commandments. You go back to Exodus um, chapter 20, and you, you read the Ten Commandments. And I don't know if you know them by heart, if you ever memorized them, but you shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no idols. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. 
Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Those are the first four. And they have to do primarily with our relationship with God. It is this vertical thing and how we relate to God. And then you go to to the sixth commandment. It's you shall not murder. Seventh is not to commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet. And these commandments, these five have to do with our our horizontal relationships. With other men uh, and women on this planet. The people that we see. And in the middle of these two commandments is the fifth one. To honor your father and mother. And these are kind of, it's there for a reason, I believe, because how we relate to one another is directly related to how we relate to God. And it is so important that we understand this commandment to honor our father father and mother, to obey them. It's a commandment that deals with human human relationships, but there's nothing that um, forms or influences our relationships with other people like our relationship with God and our relationship with our parents. You see, when we're young, in our formative years, we learn everything from our parents and your parents are a stand-in for God in your life. You see, it's in your home where you learn about authority. You learn about responsibility. It's where you learn about right and wrong. It's where you first Learn to feel valued, to feel cherished and loved unconditionally. It's in your family from your parents where you learn to feel safe and secure. Now, unfortunately, sometimes not every home is like that. And a lot of people struggle with their relationship with their parents, their relationship with their fathers, and it can affect how they view, uh, how they view God. It may be that Um, that they have a father who is very distant from them. And if you have a father who's very distant from you, you may tend to think that God is very distant. If you have a parent who's a workaholic, not involved in your life, you may grow up thinking that, that God is not very involved in things. If you have a demanding or never satisfied parent, You may grow up thinking that you could never satisfy God, that you could never meet his demands. And that when you're going through a different, difficult time, he might not be there for you. There have been a lot of studies done by psychologists that suggest that the relationship with the parents is going to affect our adult lives. And you need to to understand that your parents are there as a stand-in for God in your life and they might not get it right. They might not get it perfect. They're going to make mistakes. But as God's stand-in, you need to honor and obey them. And where they fall short, that's why you need to be in church, learning about God's word, receiving instruction about him because you can see what our perfect father is like. And how he loves you perfectly. When you look more closely at this first command. You see that there's a directive. And you see that there's a promise. The directive is to honor your parents. 
And what that means essentially is to recognize that your parents are stand-ins for God and that they deserve your respect. I'm going to get a little bit more in detail about that in a minute. But I want to talk about the promise because it says, obey your mother and father so that you may live long in the land. Now, I want you to understand that what this doesn't mean. This doesn't mean that if you obey your parents and respect them, that you're going to live a long life free from cancer, never have any problems, never have any troubles, that nothing's bad is ever going to fall upon you, that you'll have a great stock portfolio. What it's talking about is the family unit is a fundamental unit of society. It is something that God created. It is so important. And when it functions right, when it is healthy and it is intact, then the community will be healthy. So honoring your parents means that you recognize the institution of parenthood as the temporary stand-in for God and that you respect it accordingly. And from that's going to flow two things. One is you're going to obey them. When they are instructing you, when they are disciplining you, whether you're four years old or 14 years old, you need to learn to obey and respect that. And then for the rest of your life, you need to respect your parents. This family institution is, is under attack in our culture, unfortunately. And it's an attack that's not just on families, but it's an attack on the order that God created. See, God made man. He made man and woman. And God unites a man and woman together as one. And he made and ordained the family. And God placed you in that family. You need to honor and obey your parents. And this raises some questions, though, because some people think, well, what if they don't deserve my respect? Or what if they're telling me to do something that you know God doesn't want you to do? Well, I want to go back to this. I said that parenthood is a temporary fill-in for God. It's temporary. It's a, it's a picture of God in your life, but it's not perfect. And ultimately, this is about obeying God. So if you do come across a circumstance where your parents are wanting you to do something that's in violation of God's word, you need to obey God. The whole point of this commandment is to ultimately get you to obey God in your life, to follow him, to trust him. Now, I do need to acknowledge that there are bad parents who don't get it right. And I don't mean bad parents like this. I wanted Chaco sandals and they got me sandals from Walmart. Oh, the horror of it. Okay. I know that there are parents who hurt their kids, who hurt them emotionally, who hurt them physically or in even worse ways. And I want you to know that that's not okay. And it's not your fault if that is happening. And there is help. And you need to talk to somebody about that. A teacher, a friend's parent, someone in church, an elder. Because it's not right. 
and there is healing that's available. Maybe your parents didn't show you the love that you need because their parents didn't do that in their lives. Maybe their work has consumed them. Maybe it seems as though they're not listening to you. Those things are real and I understand that. I don't want to trivialize that. And even if you can't respect them as individuals because of how far they've fallen short, you need to respect the institution that, that they represent. And that means you may never get the approval that you want or the love that you want from your parents, but know that you can get it from a loving Savior who cares for you, who died for you, who redeems you and saved you. When you honor your parents, you're honoring God, the God who is behind your parents. I want you to know that your parents love you. They really do. Even when they mess up, they love you. I have someone that I, that I know that um, later in life, his wife gets pregnant. They're going to have twins and he's talking to me and he doesn't know how he's going to love both of these children. Like he had this idea of one kid. How can I love two? And I told him, they're going to come. Or right now, in anticipation, you're already starting to love. And you're going to love them and they're going to be born. And, and when you see them for the first time, you're going to think, I can't love them any more than I love them right now. But that love is going to grow and grow and grow and continue to grow all their life. Your parents love you and they deserve to be honored and respected. But ultimately, it's in Christ that you'll find what you most crave. You'll find what, what they were supposed to be. And if you can't forgive your parents, it's because you've made an idol of them. You've put expectations on them that they ultimately can't meet because it can only be met in Christ. Parents are going to disappoint you, but they're a temporary and fallen shadow of God. And you're never going to be free from bitterness and able to forgive unless you quit looking to your parents for things that only the Heavenly Father can give you. So children, obey your parents. Then we get to Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 4. And this is for the parents. I had to put on my glasses to read this one now. says fathers do not provoke your children to anger and right now the teens are texting their dads back are you listening to this but bring them up in discipline and in the instruction of the lord see to parents your role as this temp is a temporary stand-in for god and i want you to let this sink in because it's going to change how you see your role as a parent it's going to comfort you, but it's going to scare you at the same time. See, your role as parents is to teach them about God. To teach them what God sees as right and wrong. From you, they're supposed to receive the first touches of God. The first glimpses of his delight. Of his joy in you. 
They need to hear from you, I love you. They need to hear from you, I'm proud of you. They need to hear that they're good at something. And those are things that God says to his children. He values you. He loves you. You have worth because of who you are in Christ. One of the ways that you teach them how to honor God, God's authority, is by how you honor God in your life. And understand when, when they disrespect you or disobey you or do something wrong, that they're not doing it to you. Ultimately, they're disobeying God. And we need to bring it back to that. Children, I know some people have a hard time understanding this, have a heart of rebellion. They do. They want to rebel at every little thing. From the moment to their, they're born, they want their own way. And we need to constantly be redirecting them. And sometimes as parents, we have this tendency to, when our children misbehave, it's, it's inconvenienced us. Now I have to deal with this. Now I have to clean up a mess. Now I have to. But we need to understand that when they disobey and they do wrong, that they're rebelling against God. And we need to work to turn their hearts towards God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 to 9 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your home and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign in your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God wants you to be teaching your children about him at all times in every circumstance. One of the ways you can do this is with the commandments. When your children are acting up and they do something wrong. And you catch them in a lie. Do you say, that was naughty, you shouldn't have done that, you need to apologize? Or do you say, what you just did now was not representing the truth accurately? Do you know that that's a lie? Do you know that when you lie, you're breaking one of God's commands? Do you know that when you're breaking God's commands, you're rebelling against Him? That's called sin. And you begin to instruct their hearts and point them to Christ and point them to a God and Savior who loves. Another way you do this is you model the gospel in your marriage. You go back to Ephesians chapter 5, and I don't want to read the whole passage. You can read that on your own. Talking about wives submitting to your husbands as to the Lord. I know it's a difficult passage. And husbands loving your wives as Christ loved the church. And if you're modeling this, where you're showing the love of Christ in your home, your children are going to see that. And they're going to see you living the gospel and being people who glorify him in everything that they do, who show respect, who obey God's word. You need to understand that your kids are watching you. All the things that they learn from you when they're little, they continue to learn as they're growing. 
I remember when, um, I'm going to talk about Caleb. I didn't ask his permission. When he was in fourth grade, I did a lot of substitute teaching in his classroom. And I had this thing when kids start asking those why questions. Well, why, why, why? I just answered all of them at once. I know it's coming. I'm just going to go ahead and give a big, long answer, go into great detail so that they're satisfied. And I did that to this girl. And I give my big, long answer. And she looks at me and she goes, Mr. Langley, you sound just like Caleb. (laughs) Your children are watching you and they are learning from you. They are learning how they're going to live their life. Whether they're going to trust a savior or live for themselves. Lastly, I want to, so we talked about uh, the gospel for children and for parents. Now for the church, and this is going to seem kind of weird. You go back to Ephesians chapter six, verse one. It says, children, obey your parents. What does that have to do with the church? Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus and he's writing it to be read aloud to the church gathered. And what Paul didn't say was church, when you go pick your kids up from children's, make sure you tell them to obey your parents. He's talking directly to them because they're there. They're part of the church. They're not separated. They're, they're part of the family of God. And that's why I love what we do here in this church, that we're teaching children to be part of corporate worship, to worship with the body. It's not just cute and wonderful and smiles that the kids were up here singing. You need to understand that that they're learning how to worship, that they're learning the value of admonishing one another with songs, hymns and spiritual songs. Our children's ministry uses curriculum that is gospel centered. I remember years ago, I used it, it's um, the curriculum that's being used in the training for it. It talks about going through the Old Testament and you ask yourself two questions. How does this point to Jesus and how is Jesus better? Because that's everything in the Old Testament. It's pointing to Jesus, but Jesus is better. And that's what we teach our children here. I am so excited about what's going to happen when I get off the stage and, and these families come forward dedicating their children to the Lord. And there are these couples that have agreed to come alongside of them and mentor them. And disciple them and encourage them in their parenting. What a wonderful opportunity. And I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir one another up, one another up to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, for the church to be involved in this gospel-centered family, some of you need to dive in and encourage our children and families by volunteering to teach a Sunday school class just once a month this summer. Some of you need to volunteer to watch the babies. I love that. I am a baby whisperer. If you're a helper in a classroom, you have this incredible opportunity to stir up children to love and good good deeds. And if you're older thinking, I just can't handle the kids. I don't have the energy. 
you have an opportunity to mentor young couples, to get to know them, to pray for them regularly, to be a listening ear when they need it, and to share your parenting successes and failures and be part of their life. And I want to talk directly to some of you who are watching from home. I know that COVID has been hard. And I get it. Some people just had to stay home. Kim and I adopted a baby who was medically fragile. Who was born at 24 weeks, whose lungs never fully developed. And in the end, it was a common cold virus that led to her death. But I also know that we could not have done it without a church family. We cannot fulfill the exhortations in scripture to not give up meeting together, to stir one another up to love and good deeds, to pray for one another, to bear one another's burdens, to forgive one another. You can't do those things watching the service streaming from your home. So I want to challenge you that unless a medical professional has specifically and explicitly told you to stay home and avoid crowds, it's time to come back and be part of a church family. If you can go to the grocery store, you can engage in the body of Christ. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Because you need a church family and your church family needs you. So, children, we're going to have a gospel-centered family by children who obey their parents, who, who honor their parents, and obey them. Because ultimately, you're honoring and obeying God. Parents, you need to model the gospel to your children in everything that you do, day and night, in every interaction that you have, showing them the love of Christ. And church, you need to plug into their lives. You need to engage them, come alongside them, be a help and support. Our church's vision statement says that we aspire to be a gospel-centered family where everyone we encounter moves closer to Jesus every day. And as we're obeying and honoring our parents and we're modeling to our children and as a church we're coming together to encourage, we will do this all to the glory of God. God, I thank you for the family, for every family who's here, for these precious children. I thank you for sending a savior to die on the cross for our sins. And God, when we fall short, when we fail, you were perfect. And when we fi don't find what we need in our parents, we can find it in you. God, I pray that you would heal hearts that are wounded. That you would challenge people who need to be challenged. That your body would come together and be a gospel-centered family. To your praise and glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.